Good evening, everyone. Welcome to my first-time listeners, and welcome back to my returning listeners. This is your host, Frederica Brando, and you are listening to Principle-Centered Leadership and Ethics. Tonight, we're discussing stages of team development and the concept of low-power resistance. In Chapter 10 of The Leadership Experience, Richard Daft writes about leading teams, and in Chapter 11, he discusses developing leadership diversity. Our first question tonight is describe the stages of team development. Second question, how would you facilitate a team's development through each stage? And then from chapter 11, the third question is discuss ways in which low power distance as a social value among followers could affect their interaction with a leader who displays high power distance. I will integrate both chapters into one overall scenario breakdown. Before we dive into the material of the text, I want to present my scenario for question two. Let's say that Robin is a woman in her mid-30s with a management and HR background working for organizations in education, military, private businesses, and nonprofits. She is starting in a new nonprofit position in a brand new office with new staff, while simultaneously collaborating virtually with the main office several hours away. For over a decade, there has been a culture among seasoned staff members to lack a sense of urgency and initiative in the workplace. Leadership is very relaxed and does not promote inclusivity in how things operate collectively. As a result, there is a lack of fire and motivation among even the most dedicated staff because they already know their thoughts don't matter. This style of leadership is representative of a, quote, high power distance leadership style, explained by DAF, which means people accept inequality in power among institutions, organizations, and individuals. Robin sees an opportunity to promote changes and with her director's approval, she moves forward with a strategy for change. Her objective is to generate better communication among staff, bring in new ideas, create more partnerships and boost marketing in order to help the recipients of the programs. So now allow me to give a brief overview of what's described on pages 302 to 303, section 10-4A, how teams develop. The progression goes as follows, forming, storming, norming, performing, and adjourning. Starting with forming. In a nutshell, this is the orientation and icebreaking phase, an opportunity to sort out weak and strong members, assess strengths and weaknesses, and a time for high, quote, uncertainty, because no one knows what the ground rules are or what is expected of them. Members will usually accept whatever power or authority is offered by either formal or informal leaders. So scenario, Robin sees that there is a lack of motivation and cohesiveness in communication. Robin takes time to call each staff member, or at the very least, a staff member from each department to get acquainted and learn about how things operate. Robin offers to help in any way possible and asks each peer for help learning her way through the program. This shows concern and a willingness to understand and appreciate how everyone contributes. 
storming. This stage is marked by conflict and disagreement. During the storming stage, individual personalities emerge more clearly. People become more assertive in clarifying their roles. The leader's role during the storming stage is to encourage participation by each team member and help people find their common vision and values. Scenario. Robin asks how they each feel like things can improve. Robin begins to establish small planning committees to improve areas like professional development, streamlining technological communication, boosting social media, marketing videos, and so on. These activities allow staff to get motivated to create change as well as empower them to be a part of the process. Norming, establishment of order and cohesion. At the norming stage, conflict has been resolved and team unity and harmony emerge. Consensus develops as to who the natural team leaders are and members' roles are clear. Team members come to understand and accept one another. Differences are resolved and members develop a sense of cohesiveness. This stage typically is of short duration and moves quickly into the next stage. The team leader should emphasize openness with the team and continue to facilitate communication and clarify team roles, values, and expectations. Scenario. Robin identifies the leaders in each committee. For example, the social media and marketing committee has a mix of individuals that are great in various areas of outreach or levels of social media experience, or even have a strong desire to research marketing ideas. After she collectively assembles team ideas, she creates a structured plan of projects and gets everyone's feedback to set timelines for everyone to complete. Robin asks each team to decide amongst each other who will lead certain projects. Performing, cooperating and problem solving. During the performing stage, the major emphasis is on accomplishing the team's goals. Members are committed to the team's mission. They interact frequently, coordinate actions, and handle disagreements in a mature, productive manner. Team members confront and resolve problems in the interest of task accomplishments. At this stage, the team leaders should concentrate on facilitating high task performance and helping the team self-manage to reach its goals. Scenario. Robin asks each committee to check in directly with their group leaders between each meeting. As the objective is to allow these leaders to help motivate everyone to stay on task and communicate. By empowering each committee to take responsibility for various organization projects, this encourages staff to each take a leader follower role and to improve conflict resolution skills to make their project a success. This allows staff to be a part of something meaningful to them and gives them a sense of satisfaction for adding value to the organization. Adjourning, task completion. The adjourning stage occurs in committees and teams that have a limited task to perform and are disbanded afterward. During this stage, the emphasis is on wrapping up and gearing down. Task performance is no longer a top priority, and leaders frequently focus on the team members' social and emotional needs. People may feel heightened emotionally. 
strong cohesiveness and depression or regret over the team's disbandment. At this point, the leader may wish to signify the team's disbanding with a ritual or ceremony, perhaps giving out certificates or awards to signify closure and completeness. Scenario. Robin hosts an all-staff meeting to celebrate the work of all staff members. This includes board and executive members to watch each committee present on their process and outcomes. As a result of the committee's hard work, marketing, recruitment and participation and funding improved significantly. All staff feel honored because Robin highlights their work, their contributions, as well as allowing each member to have a platform to present. Daft discusses the concept of, quote, low power distance, which means that people expect equality in power. Robin's work among staff is highly representative of this leadership style, and it showed to be effective. Her approach to encourage inclusiveness is the epitome of a team cohesiveness. Staff morale, participation and enthusiasm, they're high because all staff are proud of what they have accomplished and are already looking forward to the next project. Thank you for listening. Please have a safe week and stay healthy out there. Also, don't forget to try out your leadership skills to make a positive impact. Have a good night.